This week in the parish of Bourses and Market Structure, Adina's Adenza Cadenza, Vermiculus Delivers in Minneapolis, ITS Agogo and ASX have gone almost orbital with their latest shark jump, pondering T plus one settlement after their CSD software upgrade collapsed following a T plus 700 delay. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, episode 198. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is a very brief reduction of highlights amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the many events and happenings from the past seven days can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter, The Unique Guide to the Bourse Business, sent daily to your inbox. More details at exchangeinvest.com. We headlined one of the articles in BitCarnage this week, Et to Brute. As I noted, let's be fair. The Nigerian SEC are making great strides to create a high-quality infrastructure at the heart of the populous, commodity-rich Nigerian economy and concomitant capital markets. Thus, it isn't part of that lingering black mark on Nigeria, which has been assiduously cultivated by a generation of digital scammers. That Binance should be found persona non grata in Nigeria by the regulators suggests the rump in emerging places, legacy position for Binance, presuming it's not fully expunged from viable business globally, is in fact therefore a shrinking opportunity. In any case, it says a lot about the state of crypto that Nigeria now looks a lot more above board in compliance terms globally than the world's largest crypto exchange. If you enjoyed this expert, you may be interested to know that you can read BitCarnage every day and exchange invest. Alternatively, if you want to follow BitCarnage, the daily update and happenings in the world of crypto and digital assets, then you can find BitCarnage as a standalone on Substack. If you want to subscribe to Exchange Invest, $349 per user year, and you can do that signing up at exchangeinvest.com, starting with a 30-day free trial. ASX this week surprised the market seeking views from key stakeholders on a potential move to T plus one day settlement. The key rule, as I noted in Exchange Invest at the time, of information warfare against the proletariat is to always have a means to distract the masses. Thus, Panamit Kerkensis in an exchange format is being touted by the ASX Politburo. In the fashion of, comrades, we will bring you T plus one, according to their battle cry. Elephants may not be native to Terra Australis, but it's fair to now believe white elephants are becoming endemic in ASX HQ. Meanwhile, actually, Australia have announced that they could be killing checks by 2030, same time if they put ASX in charge of the process of getting rid of the checks from the banking system. I would imagine ASX can doubtless keep the whole process of paper-written money going, well, close to the middle of the century at least. In India, quite a kerfuffle this week, the Power Ministry asked the CERC, that's the Electricity Regulator, to start the process for market coupling. That caused a huge collapse in the shares of IEX. They slipped 9% in the last 30 minutes of trade alone in the course of last Friday. 
Nonetheless, it seems like a weird move. It's strange, but oh so Indian. To create a coupled market is understandable if there's a hugely unwieldy imbalance. But of the three players in the electricity field, Indian Energy Exchange, Hindustan Power Exchange and Power Exchange India, IEX has 99.9% market share. That's why their shares were falling so rapidly, although they did have a minor bounce back during the course of this week. Nonetheless, it's quite a remarkable blow against the final genius exchange delivered by Jignesh Shah and his FTIL, now 63 moons. New markets this week. Trading volume on ITS exceeded 1.1 million on its first day of operation. ITS is a new MTF launched in Kazakhstan, offering direct access for local investors to multiple overseas markets, including NICE and NASDAQ. Japan's SBI, they're looking to set up a carbon emissions exchange. And Climate Impact X have launched in Singapore their CIX exchange to level up, according to their own claims, carbon market transparency, certainty and liquidity. That marketplace traded some 12,000 tonnes of carbon credits on its first day of trading and is powered by Nasdaq technology. Finally, this week in new markets... Serbia's CPEX intraday electricity market will go live in July. One spectacular deal this week, transformational for NASDAQ. NASDAQ are, as they said in their own words, accelerating their transformation as a leading technology provider to the global financial system with the acquisition of Adenza from Toma Bravo. It's a fascinating deal as Nasdaq will power to the top of Tier 2 of Young's Pyramid when this closes, neck and neck with DB1. Adding Adenza, which amounts to the assets merged of Axiom SL and Calypso, major vendors in derivatives and related products, is going to deliver a 10.5 billion stock cash deal to Toma Bravo, the seller. And for Nasdaq, there's a lot of additional complementary applications and customers being brought to the Nasdaq cloud, amongst other suites. The transaction amounts to $5.75 billion in cash and 85.6 million shares of Nasdaq common stock. That was settled, of course, at the rather customary for these sorts of deals, VWAP over 15 consecutive trading days prior to signing. Nasdaq has obtained fully committed bridge financing for the cash portion and plans to use approximately $5.9 billion of debt between signing and closing, and those proceeds will then be used to replace the bridge commitment. Toma Bravo, they're going to be in the catbird seat, holding an incredible swing position, approximately 14.9% of the outstanding shares of NASDAQ. They'll also get a board seat for managing partner Holden Spatt. Now, this, of course, hugely shakes up the NASDAQ shareholder register. Investor Abe will now drop down from being second to the third largest shareholder of NASDAQ with 58 million, almost 200,000 shares. And Borsa Dubai will remain the largest with about 4 million more shares than, than Toma Bravo with 89.3 million shares. It's a very, very interesting deal. And being able to brand these products as NASDAQ ought to give them added cachet for buy, sell side and indeed market structure clients, both existing and new to the NASDAQ empire. The Adenza Cadenza is a fascinating creation, absolutely in keeping with the ongoing orchestration of NASDAQ's court composer, chairman and CEO Adina Friedman. Meanwhile, having sold mortgage assets to ICE, that was the Ellie May $11 billion deal in 2020, and now Adenza for $10.5 million to Adina, 
Team Toma Bravo must be quite the fans of acquisitive exchanges. If you're trying to get a better understanding of just why these sorts of deals are being done in the world of financial market infrastructure, pick up a copy of my most recent book, Victory or Death, Blockchain, Cryptocurrency and the Fintech World. It's a useful primer on all aspects relating to blockchain, cryptocurrency, fintech and the expanding world of exchanges. Pure Play, PLY Pith, Victory or Death is published by DV Books and is distributed by Ingram Worldwide. Don't forget, while you're waiting for your copy of Victory or Death to arrive, check out our live stream. That's on Tuesdays at 6pm London, 1 o'clock New York time. The IPO Video Live Show. Catch the back episodes on LinkedIn and YouTube via IPO-vid. Now online was this week's IPO Vid number 110, the AFM at 25, Exchange Invest at 10, and indeed IPO Vid at 110, Anniversary Spectacular. Coming on Tuesday, don't miss it, 1 o'clock New York time, we have got a fabulous show discussing Adam Smith 300 years on with the man who runs the Adam Smith Institute, Eamon Butler. Time for Finance Book of the Week now. We are having In Defence of Capitalism as the latest addition to our bookshelf building exercise. Reiner Zittelman was our guest in IPOVID 104. In Defence of Capitalism examines the 10 most common objections to capitalism. How capitalism leads to hunger and poverty, to rising inequality, to unnecessary consumption, to environmental destruction, to, well, all those things, the complaints about capitalism, which happen to ignore the fact that there's an invisible hand out there that delivers prosperity for everybody. Zittelman scrutinises each of these arguments in turn and reveals the critical flaws and debunks them. It's a fascinating must-read. I thoroughly recommend In Defense of Capitalism by our guest from IPOVID 104, Reiner Zittelman. Product news this week. ICE, the Intercontinental Exchange, they've launched a Washington Cap and Invest Carbon Allowance Futures contract. Before everybody gets all, well, DC needs all the help it can get to alleviate hot air, bear in mind this is Washington State, Seattle being its most famous city, and Olympia, the state capital that is probably a near slam dunk for winning trivia contests. Elsewhere, Aquas Exchange, they've launched a dark to lit sweep, providing easier access to liquidity across both order books. That's part of the ongoing integration of their asset UBS MTF that they acquired at the end of last year. Eurex, they're going to be building an EU-based liquidity pool for euro short-term interest rate derivatives, which I suppose is, well, just a binary. Either you reckon it's a case of, one, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again, the traditional moniker, or Einstein's definition of insanity, aka doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result, albeit, it has to be said that quotation actually didn't come from Einstein, truth be told. It ought to be attributed to sociology professor William Bruce Cameron. CME Group, they see opportunities in the China derivatives market. Presumably coming soon then, we can expect micro, nano, RMB, something or other futures for retail then. One interesting final message on the whole wondrous world of product this week from the ICE once again. ICE Benchmark Administration are planning to launch ICE Commodities Tradeability Service to help cocoa and coffee industries comply with EU deforestation regulation. For those who thought perhaps post-LIBOR IBA might be wondering what to do in the afternoons, this is a most interesting aside. Checking and providing ESG assistance while the EU demands provenance on everything and anything. A fascinating sideline to the ice business and most significantly keeps cocoa and coffee flowing. Trust me, without the latter you wouldn't want to conceive of how grumpy exchange invest production could be of a morning.
Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com, with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or, if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome, wherever you find this podcast. In technology news this week, great news from Vermiculus. Their microservice-based clearing solution has gone live on the Minneapolis Grain Exchange ahead of schedule. Congratulations to Vermiculus chairman Niels Robert Person, who made a brilliant appearance this week amongst many guests on our IPO vid number 110, and also CEO Tarana Deriati, Tarana being our guest on IPO vid 48, a new code for market structure. The Vermiculus story is a fascinating one. Nasdaq's tech management allowed another competitor to emerge before Roland Chai took charge of that franchise, having bought Cinnabur. And then customers drove demand for Vermiculous Solutions, prompting it to expand so rapidly that if only they had time, management could write a directory guide to co-working in Stockholm, having occupied just about every such space across the city as they have grown exponentially at a prodigious speed. I'm delighted to see Vermiculous doing so much business with a burgeoning order book and deliveries rolling along seemingly effortlessly. Another parish IT firm will enjoy a good mid-summer's break amongst Stockholm's excellent exchange tech cluster. Well done, Vermiculous. It isn't grubby, but the little worm which is Vermiculous is wriggling fast. The Minneapolis Grain Exchange CCP now powered ahead of schedule with an installation from the latest blockbuster business to emerge from Sweden's exchange tech hub. Over at the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange, along with the Israeli Ministry of Finance, they've successfully completed what they called the Project Eden Proof of Concept, issuing a government digital bond on a dedicated blockchain platform. The Swiss Exchange, they didn't have such a good week. They experienced their worst outage for over a decade, when the market was essentially shut for three hours on one day. And the FIA are celebrating. FIA Tech, their spin-off group, has snagged $25.4 million to build their trade data network. A remarkable achievement by the FIA tech arm. Well done. In regulation news this week, I'm going to point you in the direction of just one speech. We've seen this story before. Remarks before the Piper Sandler Global Exchange Fintech Conference by SEC Chair Gary Gensler in Washington DC on June the 8th of this year. Let's just take a key point said by the chairman of the SEC, Gary Gensler himself. In a market rife with fraud, abuse and non-compliance, the crypto securities markets should not be allowed to undermine the well-earned trust the public has in the capital markets. Our capital markets are the deepest, most liquid and most trusted in the world. Through this agenda, we seek to keep it that way. If you're a crypto exchange, you might interpret that as Gary Gensler whispering in your ear, blood, 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 blood. Career paths this week. There's been a change of president and CEO at the TFX, the Tokyo Financial Exchange. Nobuyuki Kinoshita has resigned as president and CEO. Senior MD Takuo Hirota will assume position of president and CEO forthwith. The carbon removal marketplace Nori, not yet quite a full exchange, but nonetheless, it's a marketplace. So we're going to include it here. They announced the appointment of exchange veteran Matt Trudeau as CEO, and they also had a $6.25 million funding run led by M13, Toyota Ventures, Placeholder and Cargill. I'm really delighted to see Matt Trudeau appointed as CEO of Nori and back actively in the parish of exchanges and markets. LTSE, for those of you who've forgotten, that's the long-term stock exchange. They announced two key executive hires. They scooped up the 
Former Lending Tree General Counsel and Corporate Secretary Lisa Young, she's joining as General Counsel, and Reuters and all manner of other places veteran Bill Hartz is going to be joining LTSE as the CEO of the exchange business itself. Finally, in jobs news this week, Sefi Zinger is going to be appointed head of the Israeli securities watchdog, replacing Anat Guetta, who stepped down in April after more than five years in office. And I suppose that only leaves us to ponder, ladies and gentlemen, what can happen next week in the wonderful world of crypto, given the fact that we've just been through a week where we saw both Binance US and Coinbase subjected to extreme legal action from the SEC. Will the DOJ be following in? Will it be orange jumpsuit time? And on that mysterious and magnificent note, my name is Patrick L. Young. I wish you all a great week in blockchain, life and markets. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our program, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.